When I was a kid, I loved American Top 40. I loved the pop charts. I just liked counting things down and finding out what number one was. This is before I knew you could buy a magazine and figure out all the Top 40 before they even aired it. Um, so it's always fun to see fun things happen on the charts. And one of the coolest things that's happened on the charts in 2022 is the resurrection of Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill. It's now a top 10 hit in Britain again. It's been near the top of the iTunes charts. It's been played a ton on Spotify, all thanks to its inclusion in the latest series of episodes of Stranger Things. So, um, you know, it's great to see Kate Bush, who is not really a, you know, she's very popular in England, but had some chart success, but not really. She's sort of more one of those uh, people that critics really like and so on. Running Up That Hill is one of her greatest songs. So I was thinking, well, how, who would I want to talk to about this tonight? Because it is kind of a cool story. And I thought back to the time that I was living in England and how surprised I was, maybe not surprised, but pleasantly surprised as a Canadian, just how often you heard Echo Beach in the UK. I mean, you heard it all the time. That is one of the most famous Canadian songs in Britain. And it so happens that the same tour manager who did Kate Bush's one and only tour back in 1979 was also Martha and the Muffins tour manager when they did Europe and Britain back in their uh, Metro Music uh, Echo Beach days. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun to talk to Martha and the Muffins? Because I love the track anyway, and let's see what they think about Kate Bush. So drop them an email. They said, absolutely. So joining me now is Martha Johnson and Mark Gain, who you may better know as the founding members of Martha and the Muffins. Thanks so much for being here tonight. Good to be here, Ben. Nice to be here. I, I, I mean, it, it must be always in, in your shoes. It must be interesting to see songs reconnect with a new generation. I know you have kids and all that, but when you see a, a song from the eighties, all of a sudden find a new audience, it must be, uh, it must be gratifying in some way. Well, it is. And it's great to see, um, you know, songs coming back that are, are maybe 30, 40 years old and, uh, and finding a new audience. And, uh, you know, in terms of the recent Kate Bush running up that hill, song on stranger things i think it's fantastic like I, it's just such a great thing to be able to um have kids that weren't even born then hearing it and liking it and you know that's a sign i think of a song with legs yeah. and they're melodic i think a lot of these songs <laughs> supply a melody for these uh, these uh, this new audience uh, something that there isn't a lot of in in music these days uh, that, I was really curious about that because I think at the time, if I remember back to being, I was, you know, I was, I was young, but not too young. Uh, you know, New Wave was sort of dismissed in some ways as being a bit transitory because it was Cynthia and it was new. But if you look back now, a lot of those songs from that era, whether it be Echo Beach, yours or others, have really survived the test of time and have found new audiences again and again. What do you think it was about, about uh, songs from that era that continue uh, to connect with listeners even 30, 40 years later? Um, well, I, I think it's that if it's a good song, it doesn't really matter the genre, you know, like, I mean, I know people, there were some people that dismissed punk and new wave and, you know, because all things new often, well, sometimes uh, get resistance. And, uh, you know, another song that's come up lately um, because of the Queen's uh, Jubilee is God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols. <laughs> and, you know, so... Sometimes it's an event that triggers the idea of that song coming back or and makes it relevant again. But usually I think it's just the a song has to have some substance beyond its initial popularity, you know. And so we have a granddaughter now and she's uh, 14 months old and I sing her songs 
like show me the way to go home and you are my sunshine the way my dad did to me and you know those songs have lakes yeah because they mean something they have an emotional depth to them yeah i I, you know i know you went to to the uk in 79 to 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 record uh metro music including uh echo beach i guess kate bush was sort of at the height of her early fame at that point yeah she was very popular um and uh, it was funny because our tour manager, when we did our, our tours in England and uh, Europe, um, he he had he was the same person who was the tour manager for for Kate Bush as well. So we got some stories about Kate from, from behind the scenes, and I think she had uh, some stage fright, and uh, and he talked about her her dancing as well, and so he was he was very taken with her talent. Yeah, well, she's a really talented person, and. Um, yeah, so that's one of those six degrees of separation things. You know, we never met Kate, but we had the same tour manager. <laughs> uh, I mean, she only did that one tour, right? And then she yeah, really, yeah. really right. toured again after 79. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you look back now at Echo Beach, I was just, I was telling you just before we, we started speaking that when I was living in the UK, I was astounded about how often you still hear that song. Did you have any concept when you, when you recorded it, just how, how long, how much, you know, that it would be one of those hits for the ages? No, there was absolutely no, no idea that this was ever going to happen. And it, 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 could, it continues to astound us, I think, because um, where it did well around the world, it still gets played. I have a high school friend who mer- uh, moved to Perth, Australia, which is basically, from what I understand, it's a beach town. And he said, Mark, literally every day they play that song. And, you know, it's kind of spread into a cultural meme, you know, almost because uh, there's been all these things named after it all over the world. Like, you know, uh, hotels in Zanzibar and Bali, uh, a German dub label, uh, um, Irish racehorse and iris being the flower. Um, and it goes on in a, a science fiction story. It just goes on and on. And so what I think um, uh, really makes us happy as songwriters is to see it go beyond that initial thing. And then it starts coming back at you through all these other things. You know, they it goes out there to Jupiter, bounces back and in a whole other form. It, I mean, it's great. I think the best thing about it is that it brought some happiness to some people, you know, they, they are really in love with the song, you know, they, it means something to them. It takes them back to a time in their, their younger days. And, uh, and also then there's a new audience discovering it as well. What do younger audiences say about, about your tracks when, when, uh, because you had, I mean, you had some different sounds, obviously uh, Eminem, uh, black stations, white stations is a, is a bit, sounds different than Echo Beach. Another great song song in my head. I love that when it came out as well. Uh, how do how do younger audiences react to your to your music these days? Well, you know that's the the, uh, the site where you the two people listen or somebody listens to your music from because they've never heard it before. It's like a reaction video thing. Yeah. Sure, yeah, those they're are always, they're, they're always really positive about the, they did black stations, white stations, and they did Apple Beach, and they, they got very positive reactions. So that's sort of an indication, but. And also, you know, because we have a YouTube channel, you so you get a lot of comments and, you know, you get all sorts of stuff. But one thing that comes up um, surprisingly is kids going, I really wish that I'd grown up 
in that era or, you know, name the era, but they go, you know, music, uh, you know, I'm only 24 and this stuff's way better than, you know, and I don't subscribe to that opinion myself. Um, I don't want to be a cranky old guy, you know, but, but, you know, it's interesting that some young people, I think since the degree to which music back then was played by real human beings and stuff. And, you know, we, we like using rhythm boxes and stuff too, but there was, uh, you know, at some point, melody became less scarce and earworm songs are harder to come by. I mean, one example for me lately, or not that lately, but I guess is Pharrell's Happy. I mean, I think that's one of the best pop songs written in the last decade because it's so melodic and it's so infectious and it's got those phenomenal harmonies. It's just great. Yeah, you do notice that songs that have melodies, whether it be Hey Ya by Outkast, which goes back a little bit further, or any number, but songs with melodies are still, still resonate to this day. Um, what have you been, what is, what have, what have Martha, what have Eminem been up to, uh, in the last few years through the pandemic and so on? Well, we've been busy. We've been really busy for, um, and so we have a number of projects going on. We, um, our manager, uh, Graham Stairs, uh, just released uh, an album of cover songs called Coverama. And the way that came about is that he um, approached us and said, uh, the producers of Sex Education, the, next, the Netflix series, want a cover of the English Beats, Save It for Later, for their third season trailer. And he said, can you do that? And, Martha said, and I was going, I don't know, in three days, because it had to happen really and Martha said, yeah, let's do it. So we spent that weekend doing it, and it came out really well, and it's quite different from the original. The producer, the um, music supervisor loved it and said, you know, this is right on the nose. And But unfortunately, the producers decided not to use any version of that song from anybody, so it never happened. So we were left with this great song. I said to our manager, okay, what are we going to do with this? Why don't we get everybody on the label to do their favorite cover? Uh, you know, and I was using it, we were using it as an excuse to get something happening with the song. And so he put out cover rammers. So we've been doing that. Uh, we released uh, a collection of rare cuts uh, called Marthology in an outtakes back in November. And I'm just about to complete... Um, a project I started over 20 years ago um, called Garden Music, and it's based on, uh, it's all instrumentals based on the common names of plants. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's, that's a starter. That, there's some of the stuff we've been doing. Wide palette. <laughs> yeah, it is a wide palette. Uh, you had some experience. I mean, you had a, tr- a track, if I'm not mistaken, a track called Paradise that wound up in the credits of Paradise Falls. So you had some, you had some a contact with, with how, um, you know, modern modern media can promote a, a record it, it must be it must be quite um i mean it's 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 a real way of music getting popular now for sure it, it may be one of the main ones for sure yeah we've had a few placements over the years with various songs and well, well, echo beach was a, a series in in the uk that's right yeah it, that was a dramatic series and uh Gabrielle Chilmi did a version of Echo Beach for that. And, uh, you know, so it does pop up. And I think it's a great thing. I mean, I know people have mixed feelings about that. Um, Especially with commercials. Yeah, especially with commercials. And you have to like or at least feel comfortable with the product that's, you know, your song is being attached to. 
but it is a really great way of reaching audiences that you could never do before. Uh, just to go back to the beginning, uh, this is an interesting moment to see. I mean, I imagine that the success of running up that hill now will at least allow a new generation to go back and dig through those crates, so to speak. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, and especially for Kate Bush, I mean, they'll, they'll probably be interested in all the other things she did. And she did a lot of marvelous things. Uh, you know, the, the great thing about her is that she was an intelligent and is an intelligent woman who wrote great songs and did it at least as it appears to, you know, on the outside, her on her own terms. Like she never kind of went the, you know, I have to dress like a stripper in order to promote my music or any of it. Like she just, she's artistic. She was artistic and she presented herself as herself, maybe sometimes doing, you know, interpretive dancing and stuff, but, you know, there was a legitimacy about the way she approached things that I think was great. And, uh, you know, the more people that, are curious about what else she's done can only, you know, be great for her. And anytime anyone gets a release, you do hope that those people will go, Hey, I'm going to Google this band and see what else they did. And sometimes, you know, like in our case, it's like we're 40 plus years uh, having been around and we have a lot of stuff. And as you alluded, we, we switched a lot of styles over the years because we we've always been, curious about exploring different types of music um and we never let commerciality get in the way of that you'll be you'll be I, because i looked this up earlier you'll be happy to know that many 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 times on best hits of the 80s compilations you're not far away from kate bush's running up that hill off at echo yeah. beach is usually on the same comp so thanks so much martha and mark i really appreciate you uh, sharing your time with me and uh, some of your insight on this uh, fascinating stuff thank okay, you thank we enjoyed you. it thanks a lot